From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Sharita Brent here with Ashley Jeffcoat, Digital Media Director for MPB. Today we'll continue the conversation about wireless tech, such as the purpose of a wireless router or a repeater, and we'll dive into the world of data. What is data? What's a gigabyte or a megabyte? How much is a reasonable amount to spend on a data plan? If you have a large family, how much data do you need for one household? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions about data. That's 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. Love me. Love me all night long. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent here with Ashley Jeffcoat, Digital Media Director for MPB. Today we'll continue this, the conversation about wireless tech, such as the purpose of a wireless router. We'll also talk about what a Wi-Fi repeater is and a signal booster. And we'll dive into the world of data. What is data? What's a gigabyte or megabyte? How much is a reasonable amount to spend on a data plan? If you have a large family, how much data do you need for one household? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. If you have any comments or questions, if you know how to save data or how to save money, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Ashley, good morning. How's it going? It's going pretty good, Sharita. How are I you? I appreciate the spinach crackers. Those are really good. Yeah, yeah. very tasty. I appreciate that. Hey, You're we welcome. have a call on the line. He has been waiting for a long time already. James is in Goodman with a comment. Good morning, James. Good morning. Hey, what do you have for us? Oh, I'm delighted to be on your show. Uh, I, I'm going to do like my students and ask a question which is not on the topic at all. And I apologize ahead of time, but it's okay. I'm a teacher, and I've been wondering if if there's if any of these uh, cell phone detectors work. I'd like to have some kind of device I could see if somebody's using a cell phone in my class during tests. Oh, hmm. <laughs> a cell phone detector. That I, is interesting. I know it's against the federal law to block calls. I wouldn't want to do that. It's like a mid quarter million dollar fine, I understand. But So yeah. it detects uh, what Internet use or Google searching? What yeah. does it detect exactly? Well, uh, in particular, I, I, when I did Google, I found something called a pocket hound. and uh, They seem to like to name them after hounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The wolfhound light. That makes sense. Uh, but it, it they claim to be able to tell you if anybody is on the Internet or if they're texting or if they're... Uh, the real issue, is, is uh, I finally yeah. discovered, is that they're taking pictures of my test. And then right. Cheating. <laughs> okay, Ashley, what do you think? Um, well, a lot of what these things actually detect is, um, like, cell phone use. So, like, if someone is sending something through the Internet, through the data or Wi-Fi or something like that, that's usually what they're detecting. Okay. So they might not be able to detect if someone's just taking a picture but not actually doing anything with that picture yet. Well, if, but when they send the picture. Yeah. But if they go somewhere else to send it, then you still won't know about it. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Well, maybe so, you should just make everybody put their cell phones in a basket when you walk in, in when they walk in well, the classroom. one thing I've heard... Uh, and I listened to a podcast recently, and they were talking about this, that the uh, teacher began offering extra credit for turning in students who were using cell phones. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so uh, that's an idea. Yeah, it is an idea. 
the thing about taking up the cell phones is that there's two problems I have with that. Is one, I don't want to be responsible for somebody losing theft. the cell phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or theft. <laughs> and most of my nice young – oh, I love cell phones, by the way, during regular class. It's very helpful. But um, they have two cell phones or three cell phones. Oh, yeah, my that, goodness. And Man. And so turn in one and then bless their hearts. Yes. Your students are balling. Like, they, I can barely afford the, fo- the phone I have. I can barely afford one. They are on top of stuff, man. That's when impressive. You mentioned balling. One of my basketball players, one day I got my little flip phone out for something, and he said, Mr. Marion, you can't get a date with a flip phone. Uh. <laughs> and he said, I have a flip phone, but he had an iPhone that wasn't connected to a service. Mm-hmm. And he used that to impress the ladies. That's, well, I've got to say this nicely. He might have a point, James. <laughs> Well, I enjoyed. I just I thought it'd be cool to have something called a pocket hound, but they cost a little more, and I would like to spend for something that. Yeah, they're they're not cheap. That's for sure. And the it's one of those things that the more you pay for it, the more you're actually going to get out of it. The the ones that are like under a hundred bucks aren't necessarily going to be the the best. Help me, are they? Yeah. So you (laughs) would be looking at spending a pretty pretty penny on something like that. Okay, I'm just gonna have to watch it really closely, but. Yep. Well, or, I, 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 I or install some security cameras. <laughs> now, there you go. Hey, that's cheaper. <laughs> you know what? A, yeah. a, a security camera is cheaper than that. It is. Solution. I knew we would get a solution uh, after a while. Yep. <laughs> James, thank you so much. We've certainly enjoyed talking to you this morning. We appreciate your call. Uh, Gabe is on the line, wants to respond to James. Gabe and Rizzling, what's going on, uh, Gabe? Hey, Sharita, Sharita, good morning. Hey, how's it going? Always great to talk to you. Same here. Ashley. Yes. All right, look, I'm 35 years old, and I probably, the only reason I gave my name is I'm about to divulge embarrassing um, information in response to James' Uh question. Yes. But I'm I'm a regular caller, so I figured people would recognize my voice anyway, so I decided let's just go ahead and let the cat totally out of the bag. All right. I'm ready. Here we go. All right, like I said, I'm 35 years old, which means that I came in just at the it's the sort of beginning of the mobile um, internet, mobile access to information age. That I took. I had a. Uh, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the Pocket PC, mm-hmm. which was sort of came after the Palm Pilot. Oh yeah. And it ran a version of Windows, a really dumbed down version. Uh, but you know, you had all your Microsoft Office, you know, apps and all that stuff. The the very beginning of using the term apps. Yeah, and I took all my notes. You know, you would write it. You would use your stylus, and you wouldn't write like, like, like real like English. Mm-hmm. It, it was a. It was like it was a like a truncated version. It was, and it actually got to where you could write faster in this. this yeah, as a shorthand. Language. Yeah, right. It was kind of like a shorthand, and you could take notes way faster than you could write it out. Plus, what was so awesome is you could take your pocket PC after you took all your notes in class. You'll plug it into your printer uh, in in your dorm room, and you could print out perfectly legible notes. I mean, I was like the most popular person in my study group. I had <laughs> notes. I had notes for everybody. Anyway, the point is, I carried around, and then my professors at first they were sort of like, what, what, "What are you doing, playing with this device in my class?" And, and but they quickly learned, "Oh, well, he's taking notes." Well, some of the classes that were really easy, I was actually playing games, taking notes. <laughs> But what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm getting at here is for some of my very, very difficult classes, like constitutional development, and if um, Dr. Edwards is listening to this, then uh, you know, I might lose my diploma. But, uh, I, you know, we were allowed one bathroom break. 
uh, and uh, you know where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had to memorize so many court cases, and it's not that I didn't know the material. It's just I couldn't remember the names of the cases. Yeah. Hmm. And, yeah, and he really, really was big on that. So I would go to the bathroom. And it's not that I was, like, cheating, but I guess I was. You know? Maybe just a little cheating. Yeah, right. I mean, but I knew the information. I just couldn't remember the names, the exact names. And I would go to the bathroom. I would, you know, you know yeah. get, remind myself of the name. And, uh, and there were a couple other classes where I did something similar. But my point is this. I have a friend. I'm not going to give his name. But he's a professor at Mississippi College. And he has embraced this. Everyone is connected all the time. Everyone has access to the Internet all the time. And he has simply adapted the way that he tests his students' knowledge Hmm. with the assumption that they are always going to have access to the Internet because that's real life. We are always, from now until eternity, going to have constant Internet access. Yeah, yeah. So just deal with it. Don't, Don't install security cameras. Don't try to spy on your students. Just accept that they have this marvelous tool and test accordingly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully after that admission, Gabe, you know, you won't get your diploma taken like, hey, like they take late. the Heisman's back from athletes. <laughs> too late. Too late. <laughs> uh, but okay. Yeah, you're right, Gabe. I mean, there's no way of getting around having cell phones and iPads and multiple yeah. things that you're connected to. So maybe the teacher should adjust. Well, if we think about this logically, I know that anyone who's ever been in school and has had to take a a test that required a lot of memorization has always been like, seriously, if I ever needed to know this, I'll just Google it real quick. Yeah. And I'll remember the function of whatever this thing is. Mm-hmm. I'll remember all of the other pieces. It's not like I have to re-educate myself every single time I look it up. Yeah. But sometimes I just need that little ting. And why not? We've got all the information in the palm of our hands now. Yep. Why do I need to look it up? Or why do yep. I need to memorize it? Thanks for the call, Gabe. Uh, We have an email. This one is from Lucy. Good morning. My husband's iPod touch is making me crazy. That's in all caps. Since it was always asking to connect to Wi-Fi when he was running in the cemetery. Interesting. He decided to do a factory reset. Mm -hmm. Now, when I try to resync the iPod to his iMac, it says the iPod needs a newer version of iTunes. The iPod says the iOS and iTunes are up to date. Hmm. So the first thing is when it comes to running iTunes on that computer, I would use the system update to check and on when you'll go through the app store on the on your Apple computer to check and see if there's any updates for um for iTunes. Mm-hmm. That's what I would check first. Um the phone may not necessarily know exactly what all's going on, but um it might be something with uh the iTunes on the computer. And if that doesn't work, you can um get it to essentially reinstall iTunes on that computer and see if that fixes it. Um, another thing to keep in mind is if you are running an older version of the OS X, that's OS 10 that's running on your Mac, you may not qualify for some of the latest versions of iTunes, mm. which can cause the same problem because you're not even going to know that you need to update because it'll stop telling you that there's updates available because technically there's not. Mm-hmm. So I would make sure that you're running the latest version of the um, operating system for your Mac and make sure that you're running the latest version of iTunes on your Mac. If you are running the latest version, try to uninstall it and reinstall it through the App Store. 
All right, Lucy, hopefully you were listening. Uh, it's time for a break. When we get back, we'll talk about a Wi-Fi repeater, what that is, a signal booster, and uh, ways to improve your Wi-Fi signal or security. And we'll start the conversation about data, which is the main thing we're talking about today. What is data? What devices need a data plan? If you have a large family, how much data do you need within one household? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions or comments about data or Wi-Fi. That's 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent here with Ashley Jeffcoat digital media director for MPB and today we are continuing the conversation talking about wireless tech and like such as the purpose of a wireless router and we're also diving into the world of data what is data what's a gigabyte or a megabyte how much is a reasonable amount to spend on a data plan you can give us a call at 877 MPB ring if you have any comments or questions about your own data plans if you're wondering if you have too much uh, you can give us a call maybe you're paying way too much and you're wondering what you can do to reduce uh, that use. 877-672-7464 is the number. We do have all our lines currently open. Um, Ashley, we did not get to talk about what a Wi-Fi repeater is. So it sounds like to me it's kind of repeating a signal that's already present, but I'm sure you have the tech answer. I mean, that's pretty much exactly what it does, Sharika. Okay. <laughs> There's not, it's not super fancy. Um, a repeater, and it doesn't necessarily even have to be a separate device, Mm -hmm. A lot of routers have this built in already. So if you happen to have two routers, you may be able to um, do this with a re one of them may be able to act as a repeater. So what the repeater does is it um, picks up a signal that's already available and repeats it to the point of view of your computer or any devices. It all looks like the same Wi-Fi signal, but you actually have two different receptors in your home that are sending the signal out. And you're technically, there may be a point where you might drop your signal, mm -hmm. and that might mean that you are switching between the two signal points. Okay. So, but that's, that's what a repeater does. Now, why would an individual need two routers? Let's say you live in a two-story um, house. Oftentimes, especially if it's an older house, the Wi-Fi signal, if you have your router on the first floor, may not reach the second. Mm. So you could put a repeater somewhere where you can pick up that signal and just repeat it to the second floor, and it'll get a lot. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So and if your house is big, it, it makes a difference. Yeah. 
So how is a Wi-Fi repeater different from a signal booster? So a signal booster kind of does some of the similar things. It picks up a signal and boosts it. But a repeater has a different type of technology that it uses. And the way that um, and some of the options that are available to you are very different than a signal booster. Um, signal boosters tend to be more um, directional. They don't necessarily have all the same um other features that a router with a repeating capability has. Mm-hmm. Um, also, often signal boosters are used for things like cell signals to increase their rate, which a repeater is just going to work with a Wi-Fi signal. Okay. Um, so I don't know if we got a chance to talk about as well, like protecting your wireless wireless network uh, when it comes to developing a good password so everybody in your apartment complex or everybody in your neighborhood isn't using your wireless network you don't uh, want what, that. what is the key to creating a secure password to protect your network so there's a couple it's more than just a strong password for mm-hmm. your wi-fi network to make sure it's secure and there's a bunch of different things that you can do and i'll kind of um walk you through some of the uh the, the general things that you can do so the first thing is definitely to Put a password on your Wi-Fi router, on your Wi-Fi account, okay. on your Wi-Fi. Um, you can do this through going through going through your router. Everything I'm going to talk about is all stuff you can go through your router to, router to accomplish. Um, and this is all base level stuff. We're not going to get into anything terribly complicated. So put a put a password. When you're putting the password, make sure that it uses letters, numbers, and if your router allows it, symbols. Okay. So like an exclamation point, a period, something like that. You may have to change the type of security to be able to um, have a password that's like that. But um, those higher levels of security are more secure and are harder to crack. Mm -hmm. So think about going from WEP to WPA. That's going to be a higher level of security. It's a little bit harder to crack. It's not uncrackable, but it is a little bit um, more secure. So good password. Don't use um, dictionary words. Break them up. Like I said, letters, numbers, and symbols, um, anything like that that's not that doesn't look like a word, those make great passwords. Okay. There's tons of things out there that will generate random strings, and that's probably one of the best things you can use is a random string of generated letters and numbers. Okay. Um, the next thing is to think about whether or not you want your Wi-Fi signal to even be broadcast publicly. Hmm. So, Because there's really not a need for that if it's just used within a household, right? Right. So everybody, if you connect to it, and anybody who lives in a neighborhood, you go down and to pull up your drop down for your Wi-Fi, and you see everybody and their brother's Wi-Fi network. Right. You could turn that off, and it won't broadcast the signal. It's not like it's in, invisible. I mean, someone if they still wanted to connect to it, all they have to know is the name of what your um, router, or the name of your Wi-Fi in your home. And there are ways to still pick up those signals if someone was really determined to do it. But it's one more little step that you can take to help protect you. Another thing that you can turn on on most routers is a thing called MAC filtering. And what MAC filtering does is essentially you tell your router, this device, this device, and this device are allowed to connect. Nothing else is. That's a really good idea if you really want to make it secure. It can be a little frustrating if you have guests over a lot who want to use your internet and they can't stay, they can't connect to it or you have to keep going in and adding people but if you have a pretty static list of devices in your home it's definitely a really good way to protect you and keep other people out of it especially leeching neighbors um if you um are looking for another thing to do that's when i talk about passwords and we've talked about how you can change all of these things by going through your router 
make sure you change the password on your router. Okay. Those, the default passwords, all somebody has to do to figure it out is, is like one good yes. Because on most routers, the default password is like admin, mm. which is the first thing anyone's going to try. So changing that password will go a long way to helping protect you as well. All right, some really good things. 877-MPB-RING is the number if you have a question about any of those good tidbits uh, Ashley just gave. If you have any questions about your Wi-Fi signal or security, a wireless network, your routers, 877-672-7464 is the number. We do have a few lines open. You can also send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Ava is in DeSoto County with a question. Good morning, Ava. Yes, hi. My question, I want a smart watch and and uh, I know nothing about the smart gadgets and the manual that came with it is tells you everything it does and I don't think there's nothing left out it won't do but what they don't tell you how to do something and my question uh, do I have to have Wi-Fi to use it well congratulations on winning the watch that's fun yeah, now, yeah I did one of those uh, scratch off at the dealership so for most smartwatches, you have to have some device for them to connect to. Mm-hmm. Most of them will connect to your smartphone. Well, the second thing I want to know, where do I go to get educated? The manual, as I mentioned, has nothing on there about where and what. It just tells you all the things that it will do. Yeah. And uh, and I want to know, and I, if I go to the Internet, uh, what do I type in or what site do I go to that I can just get some general knowledge or education about something like that? So one of the best places for information on it is YouTube. Okay. Because there's going to be tons of videos of people showing you specifically how to do different things with the watch. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of walking you through, here's how you set it up for the first time. Here's how you connect to it. Here's how you get it to do A, B, and C. Here's some different things that you can do with it. There's tons and tons of videos out there. All you have to do is if you go to YouTube... And you search for um, whatever the name of your smartwatch is. The Samsung. So if you search for, is it a Samsung Gear? Oh, God, I don't know. I don't have it in my hand right now. Yeah. That's how much I don't know about it. But all you have to do is just search for whatever the specific name of it is. It's probably a Samsung Gear. um, And just say Samsung Gear How-To. Okay. And it will come back with so many videos showing you so much stuff. You could sit there for hours, but you will be really good at it by the time you're done. And the next thing, I finally learned how to set the time. I know how to charge it, Yay. and I set the time on it. Now, that's, that's what I have done since I won. I just got it. I've just been had it about a week or more. And now it's making these funny rings uh, just out of the clear blue, and it scared me. And it, it, the center of the dial comes on red. It's orange, yellow, and green, and it sounds like it's making some kind of little ringing sound or something. What's causing that? That's scary. Oh, man. I don't know what that could be. I I don't have a gear, so I'm not sure any of the Samsung watches, so I'm not sure exactly what they do. Could it be notifications? Yeah, it's... If making you, noises if she gets some kind of notification in or an alarm or something. Yeah, if you've got it connected to your phone. No, I don't. That's what, that's when I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Why is it doing it on its own? It might be trying to say that it's not connected to something. 
Because that's a. Oh. I know that my smartwatch, if I get out of Bluetooth range of my phone, <laughs> it starts making buzzing and like trying to get my attention because it's like, hey, hey, I, I can't work. Well, that may be what it is. Now, that sounds reasonable because mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out. I was in the grocery store and, boy, it scared me. I didn't know what I was <laughs> taking off. Well, thank you so much. You gave me some great information. All right, yeah. Ava. Well, give us a call back when you get a chance and let us know uh, the update on how you're getting adjusted to your, to your smartwatch. We really love to hear. Thank you so much for your call. Uh, We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk about data. We'll dive into the world of data. What is it? Uh, Will you get a warning when you're using too much data? Or will you just start getting charged to let you know uh, that you have gone over? If you have any questions about how much data you need, especially if you have a large family and you're wondering how much data you need for one household, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. We'll also talk about what kinds of activities take up the most data. Uh, You can call us about data, Wi-Fi, and we're also opening the floor for any general tech questions you might have. We've got another smartwatch question. Uh, If you have any general tech questions about your tech devices, the number is 877-MPB-RING. Currently, all our lines are open, so get your call in early. This is Think Radio on MPB. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with the amazing Ashley Jeffcoat, digital media director here at MPB. Why are you making that face? You are amazing. Amazing. <laughs> You are amazing at this tech stuff, I tell you. And it, it, it has been evident at these meet and greets. Folks come up to me. Where is Ashley? I want to speak to Ashley. I'm I want so to ask sorry. Ashley. I can't come to all of them. It's okay. Uh, but today we're talking about a, a multitude of things. We've been talking about Wi-Fi, uh, security, boosting your signal. If you have any questions about that, you can give us a call. In, in a moment, we'll be talking about data. Uh, what devices need a data plan? Also, uh, if you run out of data, then what? If you are in a large family and you're trying to figure out how much data you need, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. If you want some clarity about streaming and watching movies and music, if those things are taking up your data, you want to know how to save some data, 877-MPB-RING is the number. And of course, we are taking general tech questions as well. So it doesn't have to be on topic. If you're having an issue with your tech device in general, call us up 877-672-7464. We do have some lines open. You can also email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Allison is in Foley, who has a comment. Good morning, Allie. Allison. Good morning. I gave you a nickname really quickly. (laughs) Okay, I like it. Um, I actually uh, have a tip. Um, We were eating up our data a lot, and I couldn't figure out why, but then we found out that the PS4, even when it's in rest mode, will still eat data. And there's a way in settings you can go in and turn that off, but it'll run forever, even when it's in rest mode. So you either have to turn it off or turn that part off 
in your uh, settings if you have a PS4. Otherwise, it'll just run all the time and just eat your data up. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm sure Ashley knows about this PS4. Oh, oh yeah. No. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I keep mine in rest mode. The idea being that it'll um, update things for me, which is nice. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you don't keep an eye on it, it can definitely uh, pull all kinds of data just because, I mean, you have to think about it. The things that it's updating are enormous. These mm-hmm. video games and the updates that are issued for them are huge. Yeah, and exactly. it takes a. You sounded like Donald Trump just then. <laughs> huge. I'm gonna, they're huge. <laughs> huge. That's uh, I'll work on my impression. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So the things that and when it ends up downloading all of that, it's pulling so much data and pulling so much that if you have any kind of data cap at all, the mm-hmm. um, PS4 can uh, definitely eat that up really quickly. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Allison. We appreciate your call. Okay, Ashley. So uh, let's transition into data. What is data and how is it measured? Is it measured in the the bytes? Yes. Okay. The bytes, much like a cake is measured in bytes. Oh, yes. Jokes early. All right. So what is data? So, excuse me. Data is essentially the, um, is stuff that you download. Okay. It is the end of, it's the components, it's the things that make up the internet. All of those things are stored as data. Um, and data is measured in bytes. That's the smallest unit, but they usually are primarily, we're used to things being measured in um, megabytes or gigabytes these days, mm-hmm. um, which is using our uh, various different measures. I can't remember the name of it now because I'm doing really awesome today. <laughs> um but I'm um, using so it's like imp- exponentially gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, okay. Terabytes are very common now too, um, but most data that we so reckon- usually you could find like a terabyte on a on a hard drive or something external oh, yeah. hard drive. Okay, pretty easily now. Um, but the data as we think about it and the way we usually interact with data is especially through our cell phone providers, and that's usually measured in gigabytes. And what that's essentially saying is this is how much stuff you can download, and that's it. Once okay. you get that, we're going to charge you more for it. Um, some internet service providers to you home, to your home also have data limits. There are data caps. They're usually much higher than the ones you'll see on your cell phone. So, a cell phone your cell phone plan may have a 10 gigabyte data cap. Your home cell your home internet connection may have a 300 gigabyte data cap. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what data is essentially. So do you have any idea what is the average amount of data that people use? Like if I were to go get a cell phone, uh, get another cell phone, and I'm exploring my data plan options, um, I, I, was, I saw this, this scale. It was like a, a low data user, media data user, medium data user, heavy data user. Yeah. Uh, so how do you judge those things? If I'm an individual who surfs the Internet occasionally throughout the week and I stream a couple movies about how much data would I need in a plan? So on average, most people use about 1.8 gigabytes of cellular data every month. Oh, a month. Yeah. I was expecting you to say a month. Yeah. Okay. That's on average. All right. And again, when you're looking at averages, it doesn't include all of your heavy data users. Yes. And so, but this is just on average. Most people, if you are, especially if you're just now new to getting a smartphone and you're starting out with a data plan, starting out with about two to three gigabytes, which is usually a fairly cheaper plan, is a good place to start. 
Mm -hmm. And so it's good to know this going in when you're going to get a smartphone or, or tablet or something like that. Don't you think it's good to already have an idea of how much uh, data you need so you won't be sold something outside of your range? Definitely. Or even worse, be sold something that's too small for you. Because mm. that's where you can really get um, you're really unhappy the first time you get your bill if your data plan is too small. Yeah. Because that's, it gets, overages get really really expensive. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing that you can use, and there's, there's several different tools out there. You can, um, just if you just Google search a data use estimator, you can go through and say, I, I send about this many emails a day. I like to watch about this many YouTube videos. And um, you can go through that and it'll tell you about how much data you use. Okay. I'm looking at one right now that's on the U.S. Cellular's website. There are no contracts, um, internet service or service provider for cell phones, and they've got one. But there's more out there. Most of the internet service providers do create one. I would uh, kind of bounce around, check a couple of different ones just to make sure that you get a good idea of, of average because they may report something slightly different from thing to thing, um, tool to tool. But um, like I said, most people on average about 1.8. You know, when you getting, start getting into high data users... I think I use something like on my family plan between me and my um, partner. I think we use like 12 gigabytes a month usually. Okay. So we do a lot Is of that streaming. A lot? That's a lot. Okay. It's, it's a, it's a lot ish. It's not a huge amount, mm -hmm. but it, it, it's more than what most data plans cover. Um, but that's, we do a lot of streaming and I listen to music constantly when I'm driving. So we go through a lot of data. But when you're on a Wi-Fi connection, you aren't using correct personal data. Okay, correct. Um, some things will still use data, things like cell phone calls and um, uh, certain like regular standard text messages don't use um, internet data. They don't use um, your Wi-Fi. They are still going to be relying on data. Mm -hmm. But um, most things are going to use your Wi-Fi connection. So can you elaborate on those things, those activities that people do that take up data that they may not be completely aware of that are causing a little more harm? Because, like, for instance, I'm a Facebook addict. Um, I need to go to, like, some F.A. classes, you know, <laughs> Facebook ad classes. But you said to me um, some of the videos on Facebook autoplay, mm -hmm. and there may be some things running in the background that I'm um, unaware of. Uh, so elaborate on some specific activities that take up data that that may just kind of pass people. Social media is definitely number one on that list of things. People don't realize how much data they're using. If you spend a lot of time um, playing, uh, like watching Netflix or something, you know that you're using data because you're watching a movie. But we don't think about Facebook like that. But if you if you scroll through your Facebook feed, even just like right now, pick up your phone and scroll through it, you'll see a whole ton of pictures. You'll see tons of video. And most of those videos are going to start playing automatically. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be in super high resolution, but they are going to start playing. And if you just continuously scroll through Facebook, you go through a lot of media. Mm. And that can take up a lot of data. Is there a way to turn off that autoplay feature? Um. Honestly, I'm not sure if you can anymore. Oh, okay. I think you might be able to, but... Um, I know they adjusted the volume. <laughs> yeah, which I definitely appreciate, but uh, it, they no longer automatically play with noise, which mm -hmm. is nice because I don't always want that. But um, And it's not just Facebook, too, that people have to be aware of. It's any social media site because they're all so media-heavy and media-driven now that um, you're going to be looking at, cho at 
chewing up some pretty significant data if that's what you do and you do a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we're talking about a bunch, but um, it's definitely something that you have to be aware of. 877-MPB-RING is the number if you want to join the conversation. This morning we've been talking about Wi-Fi. We're now talking about data. You can give us a call. Let us know if you are satisfied with your data plan. Do you need some advice? Maybe you feel like you're using too much data. You want to know how to cut some uh, data usage. Call us at 877-MPB-RING. And the floor is open as well if you have any general tech questions about your tech devices. Any comments as well, 877-672-7464. Our lines are all open. I'm a little surprised. You can also send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. So I am looking through the Facebook settings on the Facebook app on my phone. And you can go through your account settings and then to videos and photos. And you can tell it to turn off autoplay on um, mobile data and on Mm Wi-Fi or to disable it entirely or to only do it when you're connected to Wi-Fi. So that's a good way that you can save yourself some, uh, some data there. Okay, so uh, scrolling on Facebook takes up a lot of data. Uh, watching movies, I'm sure, takes up a lot of data. Yes. Um, listening to music, you listening said that takes music. up a lot of data. What about apps in general, just using apps? For instance, I'm a huge Candy Crush fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Candy Crush really doesn't use that much data. Most of these games don't. They, are, they send and receive data while you're using them, but the amount is usually fairly small. Okay. Especially in comparison to... Um, the big media, any kind of media use, like pictures, stuff like that, that's always going to be pretty big. But um, most games don't use a lot. But where the games can get you is if you're consistently having to download updates for mm. those games, that can drain your data. Really and a quickly. lot of those updates are automatic. Because yes. I'll put my phone down and look and it's updating a hundred things at yeah. once. Yeah. And, and that can eat up data very much. Mm-hmm. Now, we touched on overages. Will your phone send you a message to let you know, hey, you're about to run out of data? Mine does. Or is it kind of like at the bank, if you spend too much money, if you don't have the overdraft agreement, then you're just going to be out of luck? <laughs> um, it, it depends on the kindness of your Wi-Fi, of your Internet service provider for your phone. Mm. Um, most carriers will send you some kind of notification. Most carriers also have an app that you can download that lets you monitor your use, which can be really helpful. Um, most, I think all major carriers have something like that now. Okay. So that's definitely, you can, and it'll send you an alert that says, hey, you've reached whatever percentage of your data cap for the month. And if you go over, it's going to be $15 a gigabyte. Yeah. So that, that's an incentive to stop. <laughs> yes. They, it will chew up, you can chew up some data, and then once you start hitting those overages, oh my gosh, it is so expensive. Yeah. Uh, we're going to Will in Bay St. Louis. Good morning, Will. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Great. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I wanted to call about my data plan. I'm on Consumer Cellular, mm-hmm. and I'm really very happy. I know you've had people call in before about it, but I wanted to just mention how they handle overages on their data plan. Yeah. Basically, they've just gone to a system where they automatically upgrade you. If you take the lowest package and go over it, they bump you up to the next one. But the beauty of that uh, system is that you can always downgrade uh, the next month. So if you go over one month, they bump you up to whatever you need. You just have to remember to go back in and change back down. Uh, It's really ideal for an older person that maybe doesn't do as much, but once in a while, maybe you go on a trip and you do a lot of walking tours or look up a lot of stuff and your data goes up. 
um, it's a really nice thing, and it's really very inexpensive, even at the maximum levels. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that is cool. All right. All right. Good information, Will. Thank you so much for that call. We appreciate it. Glad to do it. All right. We're going next to, I want to say, Ella in yes. Memphis. Good morning, Ella. Um. First of all, the automatic updates for apps, I just wanted that you may have already mentioned this, but you can set every single one of those apps to update Wi-Fi only, and that's what I do. And then I have to manually go through when I actually am connected to Wi-Fi, so that really cuts back on, you know, like the craziness. Yeah. Um, my question is, um, even having done that, my average use is usually around, I don't know, three and a half-ish. Yeah. And for twice a year, which has been kind of a pattern, it'll go up to like six or eight, and it's ridiculous. And with all the things that I've already set up where it's Wi-Fi only, you know, with Facebook and whatever, and my pattern of behavior doesn't change from that drastically. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's here and there, but not really like that many, five gigs, really, no. Yeah. I can't explain. I can't explain it. They just show that it's used, and I just show that, you know, I don't know what, but... Do you have any maybe guess as to why that is? There are so many things that end up using data. It sounds like you've already done the first good thing, which is making sure that most anything that you can turn off to be Wi-Fi only is set for Wi-Fi only. Um, The next thing I would check is make sure that you're staying connected to your Wi-Fi network. If you're getting bumped off and you don't realize it, that could be eating up some data. Okay. So I would check and double check and make sure that where, when you think that you're connected to a Wi-Fi network, make sure that you actually are connected and that connection is working. Um, some providers, too, if you're having like an outage on your home Wi-Fi network, um, some mm-hmm. phones, and I know my phone does this, if the Internet's not working on that, it automatically goes to data. Yeah, sure. Mine does, too, I believe. So if something's happening to your home Wi-Fi connection and you think you're connected and everything seems to be working, but your phone may actually be using data instead. So that might be something to check and watch out for as well. It just seems like such a big difference, you know, and they admit it, you know, they've, you know, usually the the phone company will be like, yeah, that is kind of unusual here. We'll give you like this, that, and the other for free, but you still have to pay this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. It's still an increase. My, you know, my bill, but it's not as bad as it could be. But still, it's, it's weird, but I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> I, I would start by um, another thing you can try to do is audit your phone and all the apps that you've got running on it and just go through. If you have the patience to go through and reset to factory settings, try that and just see you if hmm? reset the phone. Yeah. And just kind of start over with adding the apps back that you, you want to make sure that you're using. And as you add them at back, check each one of them to see what it's doing because there's got to be a specific culprit in there that's doing that. Well, it's usually the social media. I mean, Facebook, that's the highest usage. And then the one after that is Google. And that's pretty consistent. But again, it's, it's no different. You know, I say on Facebook pretty consistently, you know, like it doesn't change five gigs worth. Yeah. And, And my contention is if, 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 you know, Developers and, you know, like app developers are creating this whatever it is that's working double time in the background. Why are we penalized for it? They should be penalized for it. You know, you are bringing up a really good discussion. 
that has been kind of lurking in the back of the it's it's a very common discussion in big tech circles but it's not something that's really made it to the public yet we're talking about who is responsible for the for our increasing use of data and our increasing reliance on it and the um maintain maintenance of the backbone of the internet that supports that because the biggest reason why we're told we have data caps is because that you can only sum- support so much data and there's a lot of content there's a contingency out there that's like that's not actually true that because of how little data some folks use versus how so much how some people use so much more data you're not looking necessarily at something that is as finite as it likes to get presented to us as that there's only so much and you have to have this data cap and if you go over it's a thing and we have to charge you because there's only so much available for everyone to use but the fact is that there's a lot of things that can be done to upgrade those systems that are ultimately responsible for how much data you have access to and can make it run a lot faster and a lot um, smarter. But um, no one really wants to pay for it. So, uh, yeah. All right. Ella, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to go next to Larry, who's in Meridian. Larry, good morning. What do you have for us? Good morning. Hey. I have a question about satellite Internet. All right. Do you have any experience with it or I, I I have we have I used to um, when we lived out in the uh, when I lived with my parents way back in the day in the country <laughs> we the only internet we had was satellite so I'm quite familiar with it and all of the pitfalls that exist around satellite internet. I have DSL now, but a lot of trouble with it, and it seems like it again downloaded. Uh, Google Chrome, I mean, uh, Microsoft 10, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's when the problems tended to come. I'm, uh, it's just terrible. I mean, it's worse than the old dial-up, and I'm looking for an alternative to it. I didn't know if the satellite internet would be an alternative or... Yeah. All in my provider, and they send in service people out until we finally get it up. Had four service men out the last two weeks. Yeah, it, it's so much, especially when you're dealing with DSL. It's very dependent on how far away you are from the base station, on how fast that connection can actually be, and then how reliable it's going to be. So the further out you live, which is a really big problem in in Mississippi, because so many people, we live out in the country, we live very rurally, and um, you can't really get a stable connection from DSL that way. Um, Satellite is unfortunately not going to be a lot faster, and it's often not terribly stable either. Um, because you are finding a satellite. Anybody who out there that has a, like a satellite-based television is familiar with the, uh-oh, it's raining. Well, okay, there goes the TV. Mm. Um, and it can, Because depending on where you live, you may have a harder time getting it aimed, getting it pointed in the right direction, and then it may not stay uh, super-duper uh, um, on, on all the time. And you'll have that same problem with the Internet connection, too. Um, unfortunately, DSL and satellite tend to be very finicky. All right, uh, Larry, thank you for your call. We have a couple more to jump to. Henry is in Mobile with a streaming Bluetooth question. Good morning, Henry. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, this is a, kind of an unusual situation in that I, meant, I heard you mention you like to stream music in the car and so forth. 
Uh, and I have uh, a 2011 uh, car that, you know, I have great Bluetooth coverage on my phone. I'm speaking to you on it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I try to switch to Pandora, et cetera, uh, or play music that I already have on my phone, I, I can't do it via Bluetooth. And even though I have a connection, a wire connection to my iPod and so forth, I have a newer phone. I just wanted, I've, ta- I've spoken with the car company people a couple of times on mm-hmm. two different occasions, and I have a friend who has the exact car, and they have no problem getting their device uh, streaming over Bluetooth. And I just wondered if you had any uh, direction for me to go in. Um, it's one of those things, I, my car doesn't actually have Bluetooth in it, because I, I don't get a cool car like that, but, <laughs> but my mom's does, and I like to play around with it, and I've definitely experienced sometimes where the Bluetooth connection will work great for, um, making phone calls and things like that, but for some reason, the streaming portion of it just, it doesn't connect right, or it doesn't want to work and it depends a lot on so many different factors on what system is running in that particular car um because there's all these different brands of the 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 little navigational system and car system that runs in there um it has to do a lot with what your phone is what kind of phone you have um it has a lot to do with um the different apps that you're using to play music because sometimes it'll only work with one particular thing i knew that for the longest time i could uh use pandora but i couldn't use spotify pandora worked great spotify didn't um and i'm not sure i mean i would say that the best person to talk to would be the car manufacturer but it sounds like they're not being terribly helpful in helping you figure out what's going on but um if you can send us an email that has like the specifics on what kind of car you have and um what your phone is then we might be able to do some more research and see what we can find that um email address is everyday tech at mpbonline.org. All right. Thank you so much, Henry. Last call goes to Ann. Ann, we're really short on time. What do you have for us? Okay. Um, how do you reset your factory amps? And if your data has run out for this month, will it renew for the following month? Yes, it will. And to reset your phone, um, usually you just have to go through the settings on that phone. It depends on whether you have Android or Apple on exactly how you do it. But there's a, you go through your user settings, and there should be an option to reset to factory settings through there. Okay. All right. Okay. And uh, will, it, will, it reset, will, it, will my data come back no. next month? It, it'll, your data will come back next month, yes. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, Anne. We appreciate right. your call from Natchez. All right, Ashley, we want to end on a funny note. What you got? What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? A hippo and a zippo. Jonas, you got nothing? Nothing. Okay. What? One's really heavy and the other's a little lighter. <laughs> <Hi-yo>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good job, Ashley. Hold up. Here we go. All right, good Thanks. job. Thanks, Ashley, uh, for all your tech expertise this morning. Jonas Adams was our board operator. Our intern is just wonderful, just just wonderful. What's her name? Skyler, thank you for our wonderful intern, Skyler, for being our call screener. If you didn't get a chance to call, you can always send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Thanks for listening today, folks. Coming up next, Southern Remedy with Dr. Rick DeShazo. This is Think Radio.